Let me bring in our hypnotist, Marshall Silver. It's uh, Marshall Silver, ladies and gentlemen, the world's fastest hypnotist. Well, hello there. Welcome home. Glad you're with me. It is uh, episode number 15, three fives, five cube. And I'm excited. We have given away, at this point, 150 ounces of pure silver. We're about to give 160 ounces away today. Uh, yesterday, we had some great callers onto the show. We had Amber, uh, Joseph, and Kelsey. And uh, yesterday's winner was Joseph. So congratulations, Joseph. Way to go. You win 10 ounces of pure silver. I'm very excited. Today's show also reaches a benchmark. This is a record high on the cash giveaway we have up for grabs today. When you say the secret word, uh, $3,124, $12,000 up for grabs. I'd like to be you. You can potentially win $12,000 cash, maybe even 10 ounces of pure silver. When you call in during the second hour of our show today, that is studio money dot info forward slash live guests and as always we're only able to get through to a few people so if you want to be in the running potentially say the secret word of the day and uh do right promise you it'll be worth your while but make sure you get in early during the first hour while i'm interviewing our guest and when you do that you'll be on hold but the good news is you'll get in and once the studio's filled it's filled and because you guys have been so interesting we've only been getting to about three or four calls a day so if you'd like to be in the running, by all means, jump on. I'm excited. I'm excited about life in general. I am so grateful every single day that you tune in and you are with me and you give me a chance to impact your life. Our life is made up of the people we interact with. Everything that we want that we don't have, we are going to get from other people. And even if you don't like people from time to time, it's important that you love all and the people that do best in life are people that recognize that we're in this together. Together, we got this. And those people are the kinds of people that end up winning in every single area. They have happier lives. They have healthier lives. They definitely have more profitable lives. The gentleman I'm about to bring on to our show today is not only personification of exactly what I just described. This man is also a great friend. And uh, Tom Beal is known to many as the simplifier. He is the mentor to mentors. I met Mike many, many years ago. Excuse me, I met Tom many, many years ago through a guy named Mike Same. And when Tom came into my house, we chatted about a lot of things. He stayed there for a while. Tom is a veteran. He is a Marine veteran. He is a phenomenal human being. He's a great guy. Please welcome to Marshall Silver Live, the simplifier, Tom Beal. Welcome home. Marshall, it's so good to see you. Thank you for having me on today. And as you can see, uh, since we chatted last, I've been moving to St. Thomas. So that the image behind me is uh, my view over the computer here. So the island that my head's kind of blocking is the island that the co-founder of Google 
owns. Uh, Larry Page owns that island behind my head there. So that's my view every morning to make me uh, make today great. As you know, my, my, my mantra and what I like to pass on to people is just seize every moment, just like you talked about. This journey's brief and it's awesome. So thanks for having me here. You are very welcome. Um, the island, I didn't know that. Number one, I knew that you had gone down to the British. You're in the British Virgin Islands. U.S., St. Thomas, United States Virgin Islands. Mm -hmm. Yep. So does, does Larry own a couple of islands down there? That island behind my head is Hans Lollick, and then little Hans Lollick is behind it. So he, it's, a, it's a combo. So Hans Lollick and uh, little Hans Lollick, yes. So it must be Sergey that owns the island right beside Necker. Okay. Yeah, probably. You know it's, either, it's either Larry or Sergey that owns the island right beside Richard Branson's private island. Mm -hmm. Because uh, when I was down in Necker Island, Branson needed to get off the island to go back to the mainland, and he didn't have transportation. So he called up his neighbor, and I, I think it's Larry. I think he owns another island down there. Mm -hmm. He called up his neighbor and said, "Hey, can I borrow your helicopter?" And I remember when when he was telling me that story, and it happened. I thought, yeah, that's rich people challenges. Can I borrow your helicopter? Exactly. You know, lift. Can I borrow your helicopter? What a great thing. Hey, Love so it. let's start there. What, what prompted you to move down to the uh, Virgin Islands? Um, it was an interesting twist of events. So my amazing partner of 12 years, Wanda and I decided to break up. So we talked about it from January to May of last year. Should we stay together or do we part ways? And after the discussion, uh, we decided to part ways. My sisters have lived here in St. Thomas for about 18 years apiece. So I hadn't told anybody personally or professionally that we were having those discussions. So when we finally made that decision, I called my sister. I said, hey, if I came to visit you in St. Thomas, would I stay at your house or is your rental property available? And her rental property had been booked for 10 plus years. It happened to be available. I said, well, no longer anymore because I'm, I'm going to be renting from, uh, from you. So it was just serendipity of the twists and turns of life that I ended up here. And it's kind of where I needed to be in that regrounded to get regrounded, to figure out what the next best chapter of my life is all about. And it's a great place to do that here in St. Thomas. So that's what brought me here. What makes it great? Well, why are your sisters there? That's a great question. My, my one sister moved here first about 18 years ago. She came here on vacation from college. She came on like a spring break trip and she loved it so much. She ended up dropping out of college and working here as like a bartender. And then so um, my, my sister and, and I would come down and visit on occasion. And my other sister, who I'm now renting from, is a physical therapist now. But she was in school for physical therapy, you know, all those years ago. And she met a local physical therapist who she ended up buying this guy's business. So he had a 20 plus year uh, physical therapy practice that my sister bought. And so she uh, runs her physical therapy practice here in St. Thomas. And my other sister works at a very amazing uh, not for profit called My Brother's Workshop, which helps the under uh uh, well, the more at risk children on the island learn trade skills. So learn to be an electrician, a woodworker, a, a cook, and teaches amazing uh, skills to these kids here on the island. So that's what my sisters are doing. And it's nice to be home uh, with my family. It, my mother birthed three kids. I was the first. And then my, my two sisters came 10 and 12 years later. And now uh, we're all here on St. Thomas. It's pretty wild. Well, that's awesome. It's always awesome for family to be together. Hey, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I got a question. Do you ever feel uh, that it's treacherous outside of the main, mainland U.S. Do you ever feel that it's dangerous to be down there in the, you know, in the Virgin Islands? That's a good question. Um, I, it's kind of a small, it's like a small town field. There's only like 45,000 people on the island. So it's like a really wow. small town. So everyone knows everybody's business. Um, I grew up around small towns. And so it kind of flashes me back to the 80s. 
And I joke with people, I said, it's almost like going in a time warp back to the 80s. I'll give you one example. So when I first got down here. Everybody has big hair. Right, right, big hair, right, big hair, uh, and and it's, it's too many gold chains. Exactly. So I, they have a, a statement here saying, "I know a guy." Like, so whatever you need, oh, I know a guy, right? So I said, "Look, I haven't shipped my car down yet. I need a car." So I, I found a person, and so I meet this local person. He's got an island beater car, and I said, "Okay, so how does this work?" So he said, "Just give me cash or a check, and here's the keys." I said, "Okay, anything else?" He's like, "No, I'll see you in a month." Like it's it's like going back to the '80s. Handshakes still occur. Um, so circling back to do I feel unsafe? Not at all. Um, there's there's this there is crime here, but it mostly stays to the local communities. Like they do the crime within themselves. They don't mess around with the tourists because this is a very tourist driven economy. So if there were any bad things to occur with tourists, that would that would be uh, horrendous. So everybody kind of self polices, but there is um, corruption. There is as there is in the states. There's still that in in the islands and things of that nature. So it's the way of life, but I feel safe here. Um, uh, is the long is the, is the long and short of it? Very safe. Well, clearly you've been getting some sun, dude. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. I'm enjoying so it. What is what is the late, latest? Let, let's back up a little bit. Uh, sure. Obviously, and I want to say thank you for your service. Yes, my pleasure. I appreciate that. I know that you are a proud patriot. You and I have had a lot of uh, patriot conversations about what's going on in the world. I want to get to that. Because uh, if we get knocked off the air because we're too patriotic, I want to make sure that that's on the tail end. Let's start off on, on the beginning. Uh, obviously, you left the service. I met you through Mike Vilsame. Correct. And for those that don't know who Mike Vilsame is, he's a phenomenal marketer. He has launched a number of software platforms. The current project he's working on uh, is called Groove mm-hmm. and all the Groove products. Uh, tell me tell me about yourself. Tell, tell everybody that doesn't know who Tom Beal is, uh, what your claims to fame are. Sure, sure. Well, the brief uh, 51 year uh, condensed story is I was born to teenagers, 17 year old mother, 19 year old father, raised around four divorces and six marriages as a child. Lots of chaos, lots of lots of alcoholism, abuse, neglect, you name it, all that stuff. Uh, Had uh, clothes that didn't fit, you know, just a very poor upbringing. But I had love. Right. So I'm not saying that to like I was really fortunate to have the family unit support my teenage parents and, and support me growing up. So it was a really amazing experience. Through that, I became a top athlete, a top wrestler. I became a national bicycle champion. And then I went into uh, some sales before the, before the Marine Corps, uh, sold Cutco Cutlery and became number one in Cutco Cutlery, Vector Marketing. That wow. was cool. And, yeah, and uh, a lot. it was a, amazing training that I, I learned at 18 years old. That was great. Um, and then through a weird twist of events. I, I, would hire, I would hire almost every single Cutco yes. salesperson I've ever met. Their training mm-hmm. program must be insane. Because their people are good. Yeah. Well, and, and a little side note on that. I was the number one in my region and I really just followed to the T the training. The training was so phenomenal. And the, the, the thing that was eye opening for me was people that were friends that were not having success were curious as to how I was. So they would come ride with me to see how I was doing it. And they're, they were in shock saying, wow, you're just doing it by the script. I said, yeah, like, the script works. But when you do it by the script, just like we watch movies, you don't know they're, they're acting out a script. The movies that we see, those are actors who are acting out a script. Scripts are powerful. You don't want it to feel scripted. But when you study it well enough, you are following the script, but people won't know you're following the script. So then I, I went road with them and I was like, whoa, you're not following the script at all. No wonder you're not having any success. You're, you're going on a, a tangent and making up stuff as you go. So anyhow, that's. That's powerful in 
I mean, the business that you've been in and, and I've been in scripts are powerful. Yep. Yeah, that's everything. And I yep. just wanted to mention that, that I, I have some hypnotist friends, stage hypnotist mm -hmm. friends. And I remember one of them asked me, how many routines do you have? How many, meaning how many bits of business inside of your hypnotic show? How many routines do you have in your repertoire? And I said, I've got 12 routines in the show. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, but how many do you have in your repertoire? I said, 12. He <laughs> said, I said, how many do you have? He said, oh, I've got 3,500. I said, that's a, that's a long show. He said, oh, no, I don't have them all, you know, but I, I rotate them in. I pull them in. I pull them out. And, and he said, don't you do the same thing? I said, no, I, I don't at all. In fact, my show is the exact same show I've been doing for 20 years because it's as good as I can make it. Mm -hmm. If I could make it better, I'll make it better, but I'm not going to change it just for the sake of changing it and doing new material because every single time I do a show, it's all different subjects. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of times people don't realize I, I went and saw Robin Williams in concert and I loved mm -hmm. him. I loved mm -hmm. him so much. I went and saw him two more nights in a row. So I saw him three nights in a row. And he appeared to be the world's greatest improvisationalist. Mm -hmm. And when I saw the show three nights in a row, I realized that, well, that may be true. His show was not an improv. And everything in the show, from when he accidentally spilled the water to how he was interacting with somebody in the front row that seemed to be some random guest, mm -hmm. everything was scripted. And mm -hmm. so, you know, that idea of rehearse, review, revise yep. is especially sound. So, mm -hmm. so taking that idea of understanding scripts and understanding marketing, mm -hmm. uh, tell me, where did that take you after, after uh, Cutco? So then uh, a weird twist of events. Um, I was someone in high school who never even took the ASVAB. Like I was not a military person at all. I was actually kind of seeing through the, the stuff at a young age, but um, through some twist of events, uh, I'm at the mall. I'm well, actually, I'm working at a factory. Uh, I'm, let me, I'm remembering how this was. So I was a national bicycle champion. And with that, that, that championship team, we had sponsors. So I was getting free stuff, free LA gears, free clothes. Life was great as a teenager. Then in one of those marriages and divorces that my parents had, we lost the team, we lost the sponsors. And now I'm working in a factory with earplugs. So we went from signing autographs you know, uh, at, the, at the shows to now I'm working with earplugs in the factory and not feeling the greatest. Like I'm like, wow, my life, how does how to end up here? So I got a part-time job at the mall and while I'm working at a clothing store in the mall, a Marine Corps recruiter came by and asked a simple question. Are you happy? I said, <laughs> I said oh, not really. Was not good. really. That close to anybody. Yeah, are you and at that moment, I was thankful that I was honest to ex express to him, no, I'm actually not that happy right now. I'm working in a factory with earplugs. I'm working this part-time job. So he asked a couple other questions. You'll love these, Marshall. He's like, do you love to travel? I said, yeah. He's like, did you, <laughs> did you play any sports? Uh, I said, I wrestled. He's like, were you good? I was like, yeah, it was pretty good. He's like, how would you like to wrestle for the Marine Corps traveling the world? Like, Come on. As a, as a the millionaire maker, you know, that's, a, that's an irresistible offer. That's a good close. I said, that's a good offer. Said, Let's do it. So within weeks from that conversation, I, was, I took the ASVAB. I aced that. They said I could pick any MOS I wanted. I picked air traffic control. And in the Marine Corps, this is a fun twist, twist of irony, um, I was put into what's called Hawk Missile Systems Operator, which are 14-foot missiles that shoot down airplanes. So I guess that's air traffic control in a roundabout <laughs> way. <laughs> it's not what I was anticipating as air traffic control. So uh, it controls it. Exactly. So from that conversation at the mall, I quit both the jobs. I end up in Marine Corps boot camp January of 1993. And it's just like the Goldie Hawn movie. When, you, when you're at boot, like, like what I get myself into, like this, I didn't, this is Life is different. Like when you step onto the, the footprints in Paris Island, uh, South Carolina, 
Life is different. The old rules don't apply. You're now in this, this three months of torment. Uh, but I figured out the game. I figured out, like, just do the best that you can, as fast as you can. And no matter how good you do it, you're going to get yelled at. And just, it took a little processing in my mind, you know, no matter how fast and awesome it was, I was still going to be belittled and berated. And, and I, I figured that out. I figured the game out. And then I became a little leader in the platoon, kind of staying out of the drill instructor's uh, eyes and, and, and staying away from as much uh, harassment as possible. But then halfway through boot camp, they told, they told me I'm going to be the guide. And at the time I was a guide, uh, that's when it transitioned from when anyone messed up prior to that, the person who messed up got punished. But halfway through boot camp, it transitioned to anyone messes up in the platoon, the guide gets punished. So I, I got in at the halfway mark where it now is on me. So I met everybody. I said, listen, I will take all the punishment that they can dish out to me as long as you're giving me your best. But if I'm getting punished for you slacking off, we're going to have some problems. So all I ask is you just give your best. So we ended up uh, working together and, and it was really eye-opening for me to also recognize hatred that these kids from wide diverses, uh, diverse races and religions would hate. Well, I don't like that person because of their religion or their race. And I, I was like, what? Like, so I squashed all that nonsense and ha had us all come together and we won all that you can win out of uh, a boot camp. We won the drill. We won the rifle range. We run the physical fitness test, the cumulative averages. We won it all because I was able to pull everybody together uh, as a, a unit and make that work. So I ended up becoming uh, the honor man from boot camp, three merit choice promotions in four years, was on what's called the, uh, uh, they were going to pull me out of enlisted, put me in college, put me back through officer candidate school. But I was involved in a hazing incident the same time the movie A uh, Few Good Men was out with Tom Cruise. And hazing, although I don't condone it, in the military, lives are on the line and you need to have people on that same uh, wavelength, I guess. So I'm not a condone, I don't condone it, but we had this one person, give me an example. I was like, hey, Ayala, go, go sweep up the base so we can get out of here. He's like, F you, you do it yourself. And if you can't count on someone to sweep a bay, how are you going to count? How are you going to? Like when the stuff's hitting the fan, how are you going to count on them to do the right thing to protect your life? So anyhow, uh, when all that happened, uh, I got non-judicial punishment. I was a corporal about ready to pick up sergeant. I got busted from corporal to lance corporal. And my uh, Marine enlisted commissioning program got torn up as well. So uh, they begged me to stay in. But I, at that, that was a big eye opener for me. Like all the attaboys disappeared with one uh-oh. That's a term I learned from that. Like I was the best on the base until... I was there to make sure nothing got out of hand at that hazing incident, but I still chose to be there and I got punished for being there. Right. So I take full responsibility for that. But uh, uh, that's how it all turned out. So I went from in my mind being a lifer in the Marine Corps for 20 plus years to saying at the end of my four years, you know what, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to dip out and uh, go take advantage of the, uh, the college program that they had. I went to college and then got back into sales and so sales. I got into car sales. I got into copier sales and became number one at the car sales place, number one in the copier sales. Then I was a publisher of the North Carolina home book when September 11th happened. And, uh, uh, and that's where I started studying the, uh, the online marketing world. That's where I ran into Corey Rudel's product, Internet Marketing Center. And I bought Corey Rudel's product. I was like, wow, this is, this is the life. Like this working in the corporations, I'd rather travel the world and do this. So that was my exposure to Corey Rudel back in 2001. Yeah, he, Corey Rudel, the OG of internet marketing, man. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then 2005, went to a live event. Um, and that's where I met Mike Filsame, January 2005. I met Mike, I met Rich Sheffron, I met a whole bunch of, of, of the leaders that I ended up working with down the road, but it all, it all started in January 2005. And then Did I meet you at that event? 
That was an Unleash Your Marketing Genius. That one was uh, Stephen Pierce's Unleash Your Marketing Genius in Detroit. Yeah. Yep. So I didn't meet you there, but I do remember the event. Yep. And then in March, there was the double birthday bash in, in San Antonio. And then that's where Mike and I met again and collaborated. And we stayed in touch the whole year, did some cool things. I introduced him. I was working with uh, Jim Kelly, the Hall of Fame quarterback from the Buffalo Bills. And I, and I, met, I introduced Jim to uh, Jeffrey Gittimer, the number one sales uh, author of all time. And they had a book and everything together. And so a lot of collaboration uh, happened in two, 2005. And then Mike Pilsame and I ended up uh, teaming up from 2006 to 2011. And that's where we crossed paths with, with uh, you in 2007-ish or 8-ish, somewhere in that range. And it's been an amazing journey since. So lots of ups and downs and twists of twists and turns, but we're still here. And, and, and uh, I, oh, I skipped over my near-death experience. I also had that near-death experience uh, September 11th, 1998. Uh, I was in a single car accident, rolled four times, was ejected from the sunroof on a, in a country road in upstate New York. And next thing you know, I'm laying in a field and I, I see someone laying in a field. I'm about 20, 30 feet in the air and I'm, I'm confused. And then I, I notice that it's me. Now I'm pulled up. It's all bright white light. And I'm, I'm confused. I see my sisters who are here in with, with St. Thomas with me crying at my funeral. And that hurt tremendously. And something or someone came up, put their arm around me. All the fear and all the pain and all the worry went away and everything was perfect. I was home. Like and a feeling that is unbelievable. And even though it was all bright white light, we turned 180 degrees and started walking towards these huge doors that were open. And halfway there, I said, stop. This isn't how it's supposed to end. I know you had more for me to accomplish. Send me back. I've been helicopter lifted from that accident scene to University of Rochester Medical Center. And I woke up in intensive care with a respirator breathing for me. And I was told after I gained consciousness and they got that out, that due to the severe head trauma I had and the nerve damage I had, I may never walk or talk properly again which I just shook my head no. I couldn't speak, but I just shook my head no. I'd never believe that. As soon as I could walk with a walker, I signed out a huge stack of papers, signed against doctor's orders, left the hospital because I never wanted to believe that I wouldn't walk or talk again. And I did learn to walk and talk again. I did win some wrestling tournaments after that um, and, uh, and had two children since then, right? So life has been, so I teach people how, I learned a couple things from that near-death experience. I'm not going to die, in my opinion, I'm not going to die a second earlier or a second later than when it's my time to die. So I have an S on my chest. I am immune to death until I'm not. And, and that, yeah. when, you have that, when you have that understanding, it removes that biggest fear of, a lot of people have of dying. And, and, and just realize, like, look, I see this journey that we call life like being at the amusement park. And if you're with your family at the amusement park, whether it's for a day or a, or a week, it goes fast. Regardless of how long we live, it's going to go fast. So make the most out of every moment. Seize and, and go for it with, with full vigor. Like you're only here for a brief amount of time. Make your mark. And, uh, and then on that, that other side note, my mother passed away at 52 years old in 2007, diagnosed and gone of cancer fast. Two years later in 2009, my dad was diagnosed and gone of cancer at 56 years old. So between my death experience, losing my two parents and all the other uh, deaths of friends and family over the years, it's given me that perspective of like, go for it. Live fully and unapologetically. Get clear on where you are, clear on where you want to go personally and professionally and go for it with, with vigor. Clarity is the key. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, a lot slammed into the, the who am I type of story, but it's been one heck of a journey. And uh, crossing paths with you and others has been super amazing. As long as I've known you, I didn't know that the near death story. I'd never heard that. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's a powerful one. That is yep. a powerful one. And how old were you when that happened? 25, 25 years old. 
Yep. And uh, wow, it, it gave me a couple of those lessons I shared. But the other one is like, um, I wish I could touch like a, a button on someone's shoulder to like have them feel what it's like to have the near death experience without going through that to have a whole new take on life. Like that's kind of why I share it and why I want to inspire people. Look, don't don't experience it, but just recognize this journey is going to be brief. Just get clear on where you are personally and professionally, your health, your, your relationships, your finances, all that stuff. And with that clarity, just like the islands behind us, you want, you want to get to that island, you, you know how to map court, you know, the chart to get there and, and one step at a time and uh, one row at a time, you'll get there. But clarity is key. Yeah. You know, you, you said something in your near death experiment experience, you're walking mm -hmm. toward presumably the pearly gates yep. doors and you said, I'm not done. There's, there's gotta be more that I've got to do. I'm not done. Please yep. send me back. Yep. And I think about that all the time. You know, AI obviously is, is big, huge buzz right now. Mm -hmm. And the moment I saw AI and then I started seeing what people were doing with it. And I realized that they, you, you have to prompt AI properly mm -hmm. for it to give you a good result. Yep. And the moment that I realized that the entire power, the entire power of AI is still in the prompt, yep. it's still in what you're requesting, mm -hmm. that I realized that AI is simply hypnosis. That's mm -hmm. what it is. Mm -hmm. You're not hypnotizing yourself, but you are hypnotizing artificial intelligence by giving it a proper program. Mm -hmm. So it's the same. It's the same thing with ourselves that when we give ourselves the proper program, then, you know, we we do what we need to do. When we have a belief that something is doable or winnable, then we play the game. Mm -hmm. I had a friend of mine this past week. And, and how old are you right now? Fifty one. So I think he was about your age. So very mm -hmm. young. Mm -hmm. uh, world traveler. He owned more timeshare weeks than any human being I know. He owned 15 timeshare weeks mm -hmm. and he sold timeshare for a living. Mm -hmm. And so real easy for him to sell timeshare. He sits down, you know, and if people are resistant, he says, hey, uh, I don't want to sell you timeshare. I just want to show you my vacations. Mm -hmm. And he would sit down and much like the recruiter did to get you into the Marines, he would just show them a better experience. Mm -hmm. And he was the top timeshare salesperson or whomever he was with. Yep. He went to French Polynesia last week mm -hmm. and completely healthy, not a thing wrong with him. Got a slight infection. Mm -hmm. The infection got, uh, got worse, got irritated. And then he went septic and he died within two hours. He's gone. Right. My, yeah. my wife, Erica, I just got word, needs to head to the hospital right after my show with you is done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, same thing that the moment that we heard our friend Dean died of an infection suddenly, completely healthy guy. Once again, it's like it rattles you to the core, like that life, you know, uh, life and death experience rattles you to the core. And you say, you know what? I don't have that much time. And if I have extra time, then then I'll, you know, be grateful then. But right now I don't have that much time. Yeah. And I think that sometimes people get perturbed with me when I tell them you're old. I told mm -hmm. my son, my 12 year old son yesterday is about to turn 13. We were talking this morning about him you know, doing broadcast and doing digital media and his YouTube channel and such. And I said, you need to post more videos. He said, yeah. And he kind of hemmed and hawed. I said, so when do you suppose you'll do it? When you're dead? He said, I got plenty of time. I said, that's at least what you think, but we never know, do we? Mm -hmm. And I could see it sinking into his brain that mm -hmm. maybe we don't have a lot of time. You don't, right. you don't know when our, our moment is. Um, tell me, what are you doing these days? You know, obviously you consult for a lot of marketers. You did some consultations for me. You're a brilliant mm -hmm. man. What, what makes up the majority of your time and your efforts these days? 
I am consulting for Groove and Mike a lot. So I, I'm working, uh, we just finished a big launch that we uh, released called the Traffic Syndicate. So Mike and I are still partnered up uh, on some things uh, and that's always fun. And uh, I consult uh, several other people and I help people uh, become consultants, learn how to become consultants. So most of my clients are already highly successful and I love helping them refine their health relationships and finances, getting that to the next level. But I also have uh, that desire to reach back and help the people with the dreams like that, that don't have the success yet. I put them on a path to where eventually they can make it to that level where they can engage with me at that higher level of cons consultation. So I, I, one of my clients actually owns the consulting business that trains people how to be coaches and consultants. So it's which, a perfect. Which one is that? That's focused. Carl Bryan. Yeah, I think, you know, you know, Carl. Carl Bryan. Yeah. So he was one of my clients for years and I saw him building this years ago and he built this amazing foundation. That's in essence, the way I call it, it's like a white label coaching business. Like it, it takes whoever the person is, you implant your personality, your experience and your perspective, but all the foundation and all of the stuff is there for you. So it saves you all that time and years of creating all that to just plugging into it, modifying it to your personality, experience and perspective and becoming uh, out of the box, uh, a business consultant, a business coach. It was kind of cool. And Carl's, but, living, Carl's living down in your neck of the woods. Yeah. Turks and Caicos. Yep. We're both Island yep. boys now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were chatting me, yesterday. He's, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. Tell him I said, hello. Uh, tell yeah. me more about traffic syndicate, what you and Mike are up to. Yeah. The traffic syndicate is an unusual release. And I say unusual because I was going to say nothing like it is in the marketplace, but there is some similar stuff in the marketplace, but most of those are $25,000, $50,000 or more. So this is a way to get that level of traffic training. There's like 17 courses inside there uh, to help people use the tools that are available in today's day and age to get the proper qualified traffic to your sites, to your offers. So there's already trainings there, but then it also includes weekly new live trainings that are valuable, but also get your questions answered. And then it has three uh, meets uh, in Boca Raton, three meetings in Boca Raton per year uh, at the Grouplex, um, which is plugging into Mike's $25,000 mastermind, but adding two days prior to it. So two days of traffic training, two days of the collective mastermind, and then a fun day for the fifth day. So it plugs you into a 25K mastermind and it's uh, traffic training galore. It's, it's uh, really powerful and, and uh, it, it worked out really nice. It's, it's amazing to see the high level people that joined and how eager and excited the community is already. So pretty fun. Yeah. Traffic's everything. You know, it, yeah. what people don't realize if you don't have customers, you don't have a business. Right. Mm -hmm. Who's best in the world at traffic? Oh my goodness. That's a good question because in traffic, there's so many silos. Like, so like someone's good at Facebook, someone's good at TikTok, something like someone's good at YouTube. There's a, a wide variety. And so there's really not one answer, but there are super good experts in each of those areas. And that's kind of what the traffic syndicate pulled together. So Jesse Dobeck is the one who partnered with Mike to, to form the traffic syndicate. And between Jesse and Mike, they have 15 plus of the trainers that are specific to their expertise, uh, their, their niche. So is a, a a cumulative uh, collective wisdom that comes from learning from this person, that per you know, it's you choose your path. And, and, and first is identifying which path has your ideal clients, right? Not there's not one size fits all. You need to know who the person is. 
And you know, where are they? What's, what is their product and service? What's the avatar of their ideal client? So all that discovery now of all the possibilities, what are you currently doing? What's working? What's not? Here's where we feel you could, you could dive into to get more of your qualified uh, leads and traffic. What, uh, so are, is the product, is Traffic Syndicate, has it been released? Is the product available? Yes. yes. What's it, the price point? Uh, the Traffic Syndicate.com. Um, and it has various price points. It's 5000 for the main, the main package, but there's virtual options. So people can get in at uh, $999 and have another payment of $999. So two payments of $999 will get you in at, and you, get, you don't attend the live three times per year meetings, but you can attend them virtually. But with the 5,000, you can go to the live events. And they can find out more about that at trafficsyndicate.com? The, tra the trafficsyndicate.com. The traffic. Yep. Well, we'll, we'll pop that URL up there so people have that as well. Cool. Uh, so you, you mentioned uh, you're obviously working with Mike Bill Same. You guys are doing that product at that site. Mm -hmm. uh, what, uh, what else are you up to? Because I know that you work with everybody. Yeah, remember that yeah. we, we did a we did a webinar together mm -hmm. and you had put together like 36 mm -hmm. different webinars over the course of like five days. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty remarkable. And all I could think when I saw what you were putting together is, God, gosh, I hope he's alive by the time he's done. Exactly. That, that the uh, the marathon of, of, of webinars was like, oh, my gosh. So yeah. so tell me more about what you're you know, who you're working with and, and what you're doing for those types of people, because we have a lot of marketers who watch the show. We have a lot of real estate investors who watch the show. Mm -hmm. So who could utilize your services? And, uh, you know, what, what, what do you do for people? Um, that's a great question. So um, I, have, I have what's called a success intake form because my, my training is similar to what I described with the traffic. I need to know where you are and where you're looking to go. So at, at TomBeal.com, there's a whole variety of free value that I give out. And from that free value, when people engage with it, they're going to see the different ways that I can provide uh, huge value to their life and get them to that next level. My ideal clients are already highly successful. And I, I was actually talking with Carl about this yesterday. And we had some, we had some fun. And, and you'll get this, Marshall. Like A lot of the people have far exceeded their wildest dreams. Like They started a business. They, hu they hustled. They grind. They gave it their all. And now it turned into a huge success. And now they've got the resources to do what they want, when they want, where they want, with whom they want. But in many cases, they, they did that through a workaholic type of mentality. And what happened is they neglected their health. They've neglected their key relationships, personally and professionally. And they have the money, but there's that emptiness. There's that, that deep, dark feeling like, great, I'm successful, but my wife hates me. My kids don't know me. And I'm unhealthy and I feel like crap. Like, and from the outside, they look like they have everything. And when you peel that back and you look behind the curtain, you see that uh, I, I'm of the belief that nobody is even tapping into the full, the, the, close to the full potential that they have. And I know, I know that's what you, you do with, with your hypnosis and just your brilliant guidance. You help people unleash the amazing version of them that sitting latently un, un, undiscovered. So I help people through the success intake form. They ask themselves some questions that most of the time they haven't asked and now they can have some epiphanies and gain some clarity on where they are and where they're going and that word clarity i brought up several times that's really my my strength and my gift is i help people get clear on where are you personally and professionally and where are you looking to go and when you know those two 
points. I mean, it's like in your GPS, you need those two points. Where are you and where are you looking to go? When we order food, what do you want? Like a lot of people have lost that specificity in their life of where am I and where am I wanting to go? And that kind of goes back to the um, uh, life is like the greatest amusement park in the universe analogy that I shared. When you're at the music park, you're not sitting around complaining about politics or complaining about, you know, you're, ma you're maximizing the day that you have. Like this day, we're here at the music park. And, and the, the real thing, if, at least when I'm there with my family, we're asking, what's next? What's next? What's next? Continually. So in your life, I help people remind, remind them to get clear what's mine to do now. And continually, what's, what's next? What's next? What's next? And with that clarity, you become calm, cool, collected. You live a life by design. You live a life that's, uh, 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 you're, you're, you're making the most of it. You're living fully and unapologetically, living your life by design, not by default. And that's, that's why I, I, I get massive joy uh, from helping the, the boo-hoo, the rich, the rich person's problem of they're, they're, they're wealthy, but they don't have that happiness, that burning desire, that, that drive. And I, I help reinvigorate in that, that them. And that's that so many of them, they, ha, they love that drive. They love the challenges. But then when you become successful and you sold a business or whatever, um, it's kind of like the Al Bundy talking about the high school uh, football game. We threw four touchdowns in one game. You know, yeah, I started that business 20 years ago. Well, but they don't have that next. What's next? So I help give them that, that next site, that next point of uh, passion. Can we do a little experiment here? Um, sure. And, and, and again, I, I want to ask, and if I'm putting you on the spot, I, I apologize. And you can, uh, you know, kick my butt, which you clearly can uh, after we're off the air. Let's imagine somebody says, hey, I've got this product. I want to drive massive traffic to it. Mm -hmm. But let's imagine it's a show. You know, we just launched this show 15 days ago. Mm -hmm. And my intention is that we are live as often as I'm not on stage. It's the only time that I won't be here. Or, or today is a, a, a major exception that the wife needs a needs me to give her some care. Let's imagine that I want to drive this live program up to 100,000 simultaneous live viewers. What mm -hmm. kinds of steps would somebody take to create an outcome that was frankly, you know, pretty big? What, what, what steps could I bring? Let's imagine I've got, a, let's imagine I got, a, you know, a half million dollar budget. You yep. say, look, I want to put 100,000 people onto this program simultaneously. What might be some of the steps? Well, that question that you just asked is, what Jesse Dobeck did answer for Brendan Burchard years ago. Brendan Burchard engaged with Jesse years ago in that exact, like I want to grow. He wanted a million followers. He wanted a million. You know, he wanted to expand in a big way. So Jesse worked out a plan that turned that into reality. And the plan was, uh, uh, it was so amazing. There's actually video on, on the, the the website uh, of Brendan explaining like. We were doing so well, like I thought the government was going to bust in the door, like it was almost illegal. Like it, we were doing so, like I, I would spend this money and I would get back so much. And we were growing at such a pace. I just was expecting someone to bust in. So Jesse did that for Brandon. Like it, and, it's, it, and he says, I, I wanted to have his kids. Like he, he just loved all that he did for it. So Jesse has a plan that he's done with Brandon and several others to really amplify uh, the results and get exactly what you just described. Um, and it's, it's a multifaceted plan, but that one back then was mostly targeted with Facebook, but he has stuff that he's doing now that go into Facebook, that go into Instagram, that go into YouTube. And it's really just, um, 
casting that net and having an, a point of engagement to where people are excited to join in. And, and I watched the preview. I was smiling ear to ear with you giving out silver, giving out money, giving out prizes. Like this is the ultimate. Uh, like this will be simple to grow at a super high level. Uh, my, my default and one of the things that I'm great at is kind of that quote from Henry Ford when he was getting told in, in, the, in the press back in the early 1900s that he was an idiot. He's like, and they were asking him all these ridiculous questions in court. He's like, these questions don't mean anything to me. I don't know the answer. I don't care to know them. But if you answer, ask me any question in my, my desk, my office, I have buttons at the top of my desk. I'll know which button to press to get the right person. So the right person who I know that would answer that question is Jesse Dobek. And he's the partner in, with Mike Filsame on the traffic syndicate. So he, he did it with Brandon. He's done it with many others. And, it's, and he, he, he makes it look so simple. He's a former basketball player and all this. He's, he's very competitive and he, he loves to win. And uh, I just love watching him ask those questions. And, and his, his brain just fires like, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And implement and, and watch, the, watch the, the, the trajectory start to skyrocket. Yeah. So I would default I to that. Yeah. Well, I, I've already got him pulled up. Uh, after I take my wife to the doctors, I'm, I'm going to be back online. And I would love an in, uh, introduction to Jesse. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I've always thought about you, and, and, and I know you know this, and maybe you don't know this about yourself. Certainly, if I asked anybody else to define you, mm -hmm. they would say Tom Hill is one of the nicest human beings you will ever meet. Mm -hmm. He knows everybody. Mm -hmm. He is a massively connected person that everybody loves. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, I'm I'm a little pol no, I'm a lot polarized. You know, people either like me or they really don't like me. And even people that I don't know, it's the same thing. I, I'm polarized and I get it and I surrender to that. Mm -hmm. You're not. You're you're somebody that that everybody respects, everybody likes inside of our marketing business. Mm -hmm. Who are some of the people that you admire and why? You're in that category. Clearly, you just sang Jesse's praises. Yes, and, and right. That's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Who else? Mike feels same. I'm, I'm sure you, one of those. Other you, people. yeah, Mike. Mike by far. I mean, the people that I've worked so with. Tell me, tell me yeah. why. Why do you? Why do you uh, admire Mike? I, I know why I admire Mike. Why right. do you admire? Mike? Why do Mike I admire Mike? Yes, he has. I, I've known him since 2005. We we worked close to get traveled the world from 2006 2011. I've seen in the good, in the bad, the great times, the terrible times, I've seen it all. It's almost like a brotherly connection that we have. And similar, and thank you, by the way, for the kind words you said about me, like similar to what you said, like he just has such a uh, deep care for people. Like not everybody sees it. They see the marketing persona, but they don't see the donations. They don't see the things that, he doesn't brag about what he's doing, who he's helping. He just does that because that's how he is. So I've seen the, the care and the empathy and the just true love for humanity uh, that he has. And he really uh, has that huge heart. And, and, and not only that, he's brilliant and he's, he's funny and he's a great time. You're like, he's, got, he's got all the characteristics that uh, make him an amazing, uh, I'm blessed to have him as a friend, uh, blessed to work with him on all these projects we have over the years. And uh, there's much more to come. And so Mike is one. And you're another like you are in that category. There's only a, like of all the people, there's a lot of great connections. There's a lot of great, you know, uh, but but you're at that that high level where you, too, like a lot of people don't see like they see the, the like you said, uh, people either love you or hate you. Like, but they don't see the heart behind. Like I've had the time with you at your house and all over all of the different events and the places we traveled around the world. And I've seen your heart and you actually care for everybody. You care so much that 
A, you close the room at a level because you know that this will, when they make that investment in you, this will be the turning point in their life. I mean, you're one main program that I went to and was blessed to go to turning point. It is a turning point. You've helped so many people. You've seen that what you do makes an impact. You're going to do everything in your power to get people to invest in you. Not because of the money, because you know it's going to change their life. And then, oh, by the way, the money is a nice side benefit, but it's not. It's driven because you know what you deliver will change their lives. And I've seen that and I, I know it. And that's just true because you're that good and you're, you're that you're, you're caring and put the work in so long for so many years, you're a master. Like it, 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 like the people can do, be the, the head of the symphony. You're a master of the mind to, to get that mind working, to get people to a level they may, may not even know they, they can achieve until they cross paths with you. Yep. So Mike, Phil, same myself, give me one more, one more person and why you respect them and why you think they're one of the best in the world. Hmm. Well, I just brought up Brendan. Brendan is another one I crossed paths with uh, years ago. And Brendan um, is the type of person, and I try, to, I try to emulate what he, where I'm going with this. Like when you're talking to Brendan, there is nothing else that exists in his world. Like he is engaged and there is, there's, it's focus. And you just know that he is all in in this conversation. It doesn't matter what's going on around, he's there. And that presence is a gift. So Brendan, also comes with that huge heart, super caring man, super amazing, talented individual, but it's driven by his just love for humanity and wanting to help people so badly. But he is a master of his craft as well. And, and, and that one thing that I really admire about him, and I've, I've made a, an effort to emulate is have that level of presence. Because we all know when someone's talking to you and they're, they're fiddling with their phone and stuff and how that just, you know, they're not being present with you. But to give that gift of presence, that's one thing that I, I admire in him and have tried to emulate in my own uh, being and presence. Give that gift of my presence to the people that are important to me. Sure. Hey, in the last few minutes that we've got, I wanted to talk about current world circumstances yep. and kind of get your take on it. Obviously, you're down in the uh, Virgin Islands, mm -hmm. uh, sheer chaos going on in the uh, the. 48 and 50, just mm -hmm. insanity. What are your thoughts on our current circumstances and, and where are we going? What, what's going to happen? Are we going to have another election this year or is the election going to be completely frozen? That's a possibility. It's a great uh, question. And, and the reality is, at least from my perspective, A, I was willing to lay my life on the line to protect our freedoms and to protect and defend the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. And I remember when I was so young and naive, I even wondered why when we took the oath did we have to say and domestic? I didn't even know why would there be, there's no need for domestic. Like who, who in, our, in our United States would want to harm the constitution? Well, as I grew less naive and more aware of how things are working, sadly, it's been generations before I was born that it's been a propaganda and it's been, it's been the Wizard of Oz. Like we grew up, thinking what was true was not true. And it had been more clandestine. And, and we, I remember when I was younger, the, the, uh, the stuff when Reagan and Iran Contra and this stuff, like, right. I mean, wait a second, like how, we're given guns, like all these backdoor deals and all this stuff has been going on for generations and generations prior. So now it's transitioned from being clandestine behind the doors to right in our face. 
and and they've begun to start taking our our liberties and freedoms and our our rights, uh, our freedom of speech. Uh, you know, I remember hearing about book burnings and hearing about CDs and and tapes and all that stuff being burned a long time ago. Well, we're now dealing in reality being rewritten in, in real time. So where is it going to go? Uh, anybody knows. It's the way that I see it. It's almost like a sitcom. It's a script, and and we're not we're not writing the script. What we see is just a story being told on the TV and all the all the propaganda that's occurring. So who the reality? Who knows what the reality is? Um, but it is interesting for me to see this. I never thought we would be at this stage in humanity, right? And, and I remember also thinking a long time ago when I heard the statement in, in elementary school and such that give me liberty or give me death. As a child. I was like, well, it couldn't have been that bad. Just play along, just go along with it. It's not that, it can't be that bad. Until we fast forward to now and it, I, I get it. Like, yeah, give me liberty or give me death. I will live my life fully and unapologetically. I will be me fully and unapologetically. And I want, I want you to be you fully and unapologetically. And I'm not going to tell you what to do or what not to do. Just don't harm other people. But don't be telling me what to do and what not to do. I was willing to lay my life on the line to protect the freedom of speech. Even, even for people that I vehemently disagree with, it's their right to have that speech. 100%. And, and when you can just grasp that. So there's a lot of, of moving parts. Um, I don't know where it's going to go, but I do know this war machine, it is a military industrial complex and they want war. They didn't like when the previous president was in and didn't have any war during that time frame. Well, guess what? They got him out. And now look at all the wars. And that's what drives the, world, the economy. It's a war economy. And uh, it doesn't have to be that way, but there are, uh, it's a big machine in progress. It's like, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's in motion and it's very hard to turn around, but it can be turned around by people saying no. I mean, it's, it's the few people that are suppressing the masses. The masses just have to say, no, no, we're not, we're not doing that. Yeah, yeah I would agree with you. You know, the industrial complex uh, funds both sides of the conflict. Yeah. They fund both sides of the war. So they get massively wealthy whenever there's war. And all war does is destroy. War doesn't grow anything. It doesn't build anything. All it does is destroy. So when, when the people have lost their appetite for war, then the industrial complex funds the rebuilding. Yep. So as long as the industrial complex can keep us in conflict, yeah. And I would agree with what you just said, that you know, part of our challenge is, is people that have good ideals and values and people, in my opinion, and, and I don't even like the labels, you know, sometimes people label my ideology as conservative. And, and I right. think, how am I conservative if I don't like killing babies? Correct. How am I conservative if I don't think there's anything besides a penis and a vagina that would determine gender? Mm-hmm. How does that make somebody conservative if I think that, that I should be allowed to lock my door so that strangers that I've not met get into my house at night? It's no different than saying, no, I need to lock my country. I need right. to vet everybody. Everybody's welcome. You just got to vet them and make sure that they're coming into the country legally. And yep. obviously that's nothing of what's going on right now. And, and one of my beliefs, and I've said this all along, is that impolite people are always loud. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, the Karens of the world, and I, and I don't even like saying that. that's not fair to anybody named Karen that's polite and a good you know, patriot. But the, the people of the world that would throw drama at people and mm-hmm. create messes out of nothing and create, you know, create stink where none occurred, mm-hmm. they're just loud. Yep. And I keep praying and I pray that this show in its way does that, that it gives people confidence and courage mm-hmm. to be able to speak up for what's right, to be able to 
you know, say I care because you're right. You, you said this a little while ago about Mike Phil saying mm-hmm. and you were talking about Brendan Burchard mm-hmm. and, you know, the quality of those two people. And I'm sure many of the people that you interact with mm-hmm. is that they care. Mike Phil Sam is one of my favorite people on the planet, too, because mm-hmm. when I was going through some particularly hard times, he was one of the few people that reached out to me, mm-hmm. said, you know, hey, man, I'm really sorry for what you're going through. What can I do? Mm-hmm. And and so I think that that is why things have gotten so bad. This whole mm-hmm. deal with Trump in New York is insane. Everything's been insane with him. But this this lawsuit, I just saw a news interview this morning that once again, all the legal scholars are saying the same thing. There's no victim. And if there's no victim, there's no crime. The banks are happy with Trump. The banks Mm -hmm. want to keep doing business with Trump. So how do you take a prosecutor and a corrupt judge, both a corrupt prosecutor and a corrupt judge and give? I mean, even if they find him to find him four hundred and fifty million, it's insane. It's my belief. Yeah. And my belief is that sometimes things have to reach a point of insanity before they'll reach a point of readiness for change. And again, yeah. you know, your, your, your deal is you're kind and you're polite. I'm not kind or polite. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm brutally honest. Yep. And so, you know, the, the last thing I want to ask you before I do wrap up this time, and I thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. And, and I know how busy you are because I know how many people you work with. One, one last thing. How do what would you advise people to deal with the, you know, the, the vaccines are coming out. They're filled with mm-hmm. DNA. One third of them is DNA. And now they're seeing people that their DNA has changed. Mm-hmm. And, and we're talking, <laughs> we're, 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 we're talking, you know, uh, that that's capital crime. Yeah. We're talking Nuremberg trial mm-hmm. kind of crime. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, what do you say to people when it feels like the entire world as they know it is falling apart? And that, you know, everything they thought to be real isn't real. And they've got to wake up and say, no, this is the reality. How do you deal with that kind of stuff? Oh, man, that's a great question, Marshall. And I had a friend. Thankfully, the friend caught me from spiraling Uh, as a Marine. I I thought apparently no one's doing anything about this. So I got to be the one to step up and do something, apparently, because no one's like I'm watching. No one's doing something. And then this guy, he's like, I can see you're getting a little fired up about this. He's like, let me ask you a question. You know, God, right? Like, yeah, I know God. He's like, do you think God is ever worried or concerned about stuff? I was like, no. He's like, so do you trust God? I'm like, I guess so. And he's like, because if I really think about it, it it comes back to having a faith that I don't know the whole plan. And I'm of the same belief you said, Marshall. Like, if you look through history, it had to get really bad before change had to occur. So it looks like that's where it's probably going to go with where we are right now. It's probably going to get much worse to open people's eyes to say enough. Um, and so do you trust me in my mind? I have, a, I have a conversation with God throughout the day. When, when I, when I hear of a tragedy or I hear of a friend or family member gone, like it hurts, you, there can, you can still have that pain. You can still have that, that miss missing feeling. But in the end, I trust God. Like, and, and that really, do, do you trust me? And I said, yes. And now I also believe as you sow, so shall you reap. So what's mine to do and what's not mine to do. And I guess I'll circle also back into the Dale, Dale Carnegie book, um, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. That's a great book. And, and in, in, if you get caught up in this propaganda, which I would highly recommend, you pull back away from the propaganda machine. All of it, all, the tea, all that stuff is 100% propaganda. That will, that will stress you out. The propaganda will. But in reality, what's mine to do, what's not, what's not mine to do? 
what, what can I do? I can control my thoughts, my words, my actions. I can stand up for what's right. I can speak my mind. It is my right and duty to, to say no. When, I, when, it, when it's a no, when I feel it's a no, it's going to be said, and I'm not going to know. When it's a yes, it can be a yes. But have that courage to tune into your discernment. I'm touching my heart. What feels right and what doesn't? Like, like you said earlier, all these labels. No, that, I don't care what label you give it. That's wrong. Like, just tune into your heart. What feels right? What feels wrong? And don't get caught up in all the nonsense and BS. And, tr- and have God, consider having that God ask you, do you trust me? That gives me peace. And, and for yeah, some people, uh, it's helped them in these turmoil uh, times also gain some peace. So that's what I do. I think that's great. You know, finding our life less than perfect is a waste of time. It is what it is, and we got to deal with it. Hey, Tom, I'm so grateful to have you on the show. Once again, how do people find out more information about you? Where do they go? TomBeal.com, T-O-M-B-E-A-L.com. There it is on the screen there. All the, yeah. all the social media, all that stuff, all the different ways and free gifts are there for you. Thank you for having me, by the way, Marshall. It was great seeing you. I love your energy. I love what you're doing. Honored to be here, and I look forward to connecting with you again in person soon. Me too, man. You are totally loved. I am grateful to be your friend. Have an awesome day. Thank you. You too. Take care. Great people. Hey, I apologize. I caught word while I was on the air. My my bride has been uh, sick over the last few days, and I've been doing everything I can to take care of her, and just got word the doctor's asking to see her right away. And I know if you know me at all, uh, my priorities are really simple. My wife is first in the world. Uh, she's the whole reason I exist. Then my children, and then the rest of the world. Yes, I love God deeply, and God's not a part of that equation. Of course, God is ultimately most important, except I'm a mere mortal. And so as a mere mortal, mortal, I am going to uh, cut today's show a little bit short. I'm going to take care of my beautiful bride, and I'm going to have that be the lesson of the day that no matter what you're doing, keep your priorities straight. You are totally loved. I will bump up the uh, prize money and additional. In fact, because I'm not going to uh, get your calls today, I'm actually going to bump the prize money up a thousand bucks more on on Monday. So we'll be at $13,000 cash prize on Monday. And I appreciate you understanding my love for my bride. Have an awesome day. Take good care of each other. We're in this thing called life. God bless. Bye now. Bye now.